Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to episode 11 of Lighthearted Dads. 11. Mashallah. Wa alaikum salam. First thing first. 11. Yeah, 11, mashallah. I think the last episode was quite deep, if you remember. Yeah, did you go mad? I didn't go mad. No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh. He was on camera. Really? Yeah, bro. I didn't cut you I actually didn't go deep into it, man. Raw. Uh, the last episode was crazy. Wallahi, it's like one of my favorites, actually, because I really got to know who you really are, what you went through. And I've got a different level of respect. I've had a high respect, high level of respect for you anyway. But after that, I was just thinking, subhanAllah, I was just imagining myself in there. And, uh, you know, I've learned a lot from this, that episode, subhanAllah, like um, to actually know someone that's so close to you go through life-threatening cancer recover from it and doing what you're doing today is such a motivational for myself and for everyone else that listened in if that makes sense mm. um so I, i'm 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 100 sure that anyone that's listened in um they've took a lot of gems from it and we definitely can say that we shouldn't be taking life for granted. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I don't know if you saw uh, the last episode, but no. before I question, start questioning his brother, let's get into him. Yeah, no, no. as you would have already noticed, um, there's somebody else in the studio today who isn't a Noor, I think. Uh, it, it, he isn't. He no, isn't. He is, no. No. Okay, right. So <laughs> He's got a Noor in his face, though. He's white as anything. Mashallah. So you see two dark guys and then you see, mashallah, a moonlight in the corner. We just found the brother loitering outside and we thought we'd put yeah. him in, inshallah. So, who are you? <laughs> my, name, my name's Tariq. Mashallah, and, Tariq. Um, I'm Noor's friend and uh, he just dragged me in here and I'm just standing here now. You do know both of us are Noor, right? <laughs> this Noor over there. Yeah. The Noor over there. He's dragged me in here. Mashallah. So, so, so who are you? Just give us an introduction. Mm. Like, you know, what do you do? Um, well, my name's Tariq and um, well, in terms of Life or employment? Life, employment, everything. Well, I work as I work in housing. I have been for many years, like fifteen years. I've seen a lot in terms of that. And in life, just average Joe, really. I don't know what else to add to that. Yeah. I've never seen you this quiet ever, bro. Have you got any I'm more? Camera shy. I'm yeah. Camera shy. Yeah, it's making me nervous. <laughs> have you got any more info? It's incriminating. Um, uh, sisters, he's single. Um. <laughs> Send me, um, if you're interested, then send me, I'll send you his details. Uh, 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 it's just it's not marriage, matrimony, service, And I might not Come be. On. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Like, I've always tried to hook brothers up, you know, to get them married. It's, it's, it's you know, mashallah, a beautiful brother. Tariq is a friend of mine that I've known for a very long time. Um, Alhamdulillah, we actually met each other uh, through a friend. Uh, became gym partners and mm. alhamdulillah over time uh, massive transition for both of us from being out there in the world to literally park all of that side and then coming into dean um, looking into life in a different way rather than enjoying life to the max um, Tariq is also a very in intelligent person alhamdulillah 
I don't want to say anything else that's good about him, but the reason why I've invited him over today is because his thought process is very different and he th sees things that um, sometimes that we might miss. And like, you know, us, there's been 10 episodes of our thoughts and mm. how we think and stuff like that. So it was really good to bring someone who's completely different because me and him, we think completely different and he thinks very differently to you uh, from what I know of you. Mm. So it was just like, you know what, Tariq, you will actually really good to come in and have a uh, get to know Nuribai. Mm. And uh, I think you guys will bounce w really, really well I with each other. Thirty seconds ago, we I know, but for from time. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but from what I know, and uh, he'll tell you some things about his experience and how things changed for his side. And you know, he was telling me about like counseling therapies and all this experience that he has. He actually went through, like, oh, not went through, but he knows about this stuff. Mm. So uh, let's bring that out because yeah, I've never yeah. done it. So definitely, yeah. I think. Um, you know, you, you touched upon the discussion before. Um, you know, uh, one of the things, you know, when I set up Involved Fathers, um, I've had people reach out um, and contact. And, and some of them came from fathers who were actually looking for support in order to gain access to their children. Um, so they've gone through separation and, and they've gone through that situation. Unfortunately, I w I'm not in a position um, to kind of provide that support. However, that was always in my mind that something needs to be out there there are loose pockets that i'm kind of engaged with as well mm -hmm. and provide support to fathers who are being alienated from the children and um, but again that needs um, you know greater kind of work and, uh, and awareness to be raised about that as well similarly i also got um kind of uh, people inquiring saying um and fathers actually or husbands um, who are inquiring saying that they're, they're going through domestic violence oh. and so that was um you know, I, I've, I've read up a lot about this. I've heard a lot about it. But it was the first time I kind of started to interact with individuals who had actually gone through it. And that was a massive kind of learning curve for me to understand a lot more about, like, m men who are suffering domestic violence. Though when we look at domestic violence, yes, the vast majority is women who suffer it. Mm -hmm. But we are seeing very slow, but, you know, growth in men actually suffering and a lot of the time there are actually men out there who are suffering but they're also staying in silence because there's a stigma attached you know how can a man Definitely. kind of suffer domestic violence so mm -hmm. it was it was really actually mind-blowing in that sense for me kind of opening up and trying to understand how is it because naturally we know men are strong mashallah you look very fit and strong but there's brothers who came who are like big they're like over six foot they're like giants mm. and they were saying and they, they worked out they're big and they're going through domestic violence. And I just couldn't get my head around it. Um, it took a while. And then I understood. The more I engaged, I actually understood about it. And you realize, subhanAllah, that's, a, that's another area of support that's also kind of required. Alhamdulillah, there's a lot of support out there now. More awareness to support sisters and, uh, you know, and women who are going through domestic violence. Like, they, the, you, like the police, yeah? Like the UK system. Or the UK system. Yeah. But that supports them like hundred percent, right? Uh, irrespective of that, you know, you know, if I'm real, like I said, look, there are there are cases, you know, there, there are issues. There are women who go through things, and I and I got this thing where absolutely I can't stand physical violence against yeah. against women. Yeah, hundred percent. So that, that's something which is thing. Obviously, things have evolved a lot more, especially when it comes to divorce and separation. We got, 
you know, um, the, that term being used, you know, um, abuse, mm. isn't it? Abuse or violence. Mm. Um, and whether that's psychological, emotional, and all these other ones. And sometimes it can be quite hard to evidence because physical abuse is sometimes apparent uh, and can be seen. Um, so that that's one one side of it that, you know, and, and those support out there and awareness out there, which is good. But from what I understand, there isn't anything out there for that, that's tackling men who are going through domestic violence. So that's the, really an important well, topic. And, you know, I don't know, it, is, is that something you've got any experience or knowledge of? I've, I have, and the spectrum of it is huge. Like, I've seen cases in the past where even, in, let's just say, female uh, lady I met once and she said she was going through domestic violence. And I said, oh, what kind? Because you have to ask these questions. Mm. And she says, uh, financial. Well, you know, you'd think to yourself, oh, yeah, he's just taking your money, he's taking your card, he's taking cash out of your can or whatever he's doing and he's just sponging off you but when she explained it to me and i thought to myself wow like when your pay when your pay slips come in you have to show him how much you got for that month when your bank statement he wants to see it to see what you spent your money on and how much you have to give to him like it's way deeper than you think of someone just nicking your card isn't it they're watching you like if you bought a bottle of milk why did you not buy the smaller bottle of milk or you bought yourself um, I don't know, items a female requires, such as hygiene and stuff, why did you buy that? Like, then it gets really deep. You start thinking to yourself, wow, like, I didn't even think it could happen like that, but it can. It can get really, really deep, mm. but you don't see it as deep. And in terms of, uh, like, male domestic violence, it, it's, it's very rare you'd see anyone come forward, but when they do, you find yourself asking questions in your own head when you're speaking to them like oh, how does that happen and you know is your missus built like mike tyson like, what yeah is going on? what is going on here like that's you know, what i'm thinking you're a dude like what was she know karate like you know you start asking these silly questions it can happen you know it can happen to anything can happen to anyone you know you might be raised not to hit a woman and she might be raised to give if you give you a beat and it? it's not a problem for her um but then you, again you find yourself asking questions well if a girl hit me what would i do or, do you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you, the question keeps on becoming to yourself. Like, when you're asking them, half the conversation is in your own head about, well, I wouldn't put up with that. Well, that doesn't make sense. Does equal right apply at that time? <laughs> That's what I mean. No, yeah. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh. How do you believe it? And how do you believe it? Like, is he singing this story to gain something out of me? You know? you hear the weirdest lies for people to gain something like example if i worked in housing if somebody wants to make an application they'll say anything they'll say they've been domestic violence gay attacked because of religion race everything the hair color you know everyone's got medication everyone will say anything so again it's even harder to believe when it's a man but if a woman comes to you and she cries and she says you know what i've been getting beat every week I don't know about most people, but you start believing it. You're like, you know what? I think this is real. But when a man comes to you, you're like, mm, really, bro? So you've actually heard of cases where times. men are getting battered? A lot less than women. Like women, it's very regular, isn't it? Um, yeah, we know about we know about women, domestic violence, and you know what? I've witnessed it, uh, like in on the streets, and we mentioned it before, right? And um, and it's crazy, like. Um, and I, but for me, I must have heard about 
one or two cases, but they were like, we didn't go deep into it. We just laughed it off or just wing it. But is it a real thing? Does it actually exist? Like how how does a man get beaten up by his wife? Like, I I just can't just can't it's comprehend very rare. it. It's very rare, but I think the situation would have to be the woman would have to be extremely extremely aggressive and violent, and the guy would have to be submissive. You it know, has to be that way. You know, you, when you way. talk about you know a lot of time when you talk about domestic violence um, and all those kind of things, you talk about people who've got narcissistic traits, um, narcissism. Yeah, you know, and that control and that dominance and all of those things come into play. Like, um, you were talking about the other day in the street. Actually, I just saw something as well on the street as well the other day. Uh, husband and wife, uh, and basically having an argument. Obviously, some sort of domestic base on the on the road. Yeah, and all she's doing is kicking him, punching him, kicking him, punching. Him. And he keeps. He's, he's big. He's big, much bigger than her. If he just kind of just touched her, she probably got flying. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like that. But he kept on taking it, moving back. Him. And then it just makes you think, like, okay, is that acceptable? You know, is, is that really acceptable that a woman mm. can get away with just slapping, kicking? I was thinking more about hang on a minute. There's a relationship here of husband and wife. Where's the respect? Uh, you know, like raising a hand but should she, never happen either. She way. probably knows he'll never tell a soul because how are you gonna go tell your friends, your boys? Oh, you know what? <laughs> My wife just punched me in the face today. Like you're not gonna do it. Or as you get that black eye, mate. I fell down the stairs. You know, you're not gonna say, "Oh, you know what? She gave me two good shots." You know, today in the morning, <laughs> like I forgot to put the toilet seat down. She went ham. Like you can't say any of these things. It's impossible. You're not gonna tell your family. You're not gonna tell your mom. But you, you know, you're invested in this relationship. You've got kids. So you're practic. You're basically saying that man is bottling it up. He has to. He has to. Because in the community, even even if you look deeper into it. You look at the, the general spectrum and in every, uh, let's say, cultural group, not just ours, it's, it's looked at as a sign upon as weakness. Yeah. Even if you were English or if you were from anywhere in Africa or if you were anywhere from Asia and you went home and you told, I don't know, your brother, your dad, oh, you know what? My missus just busted me. They're going to laugh at you, man. They're going to look at you and think, you're right. You know, you sure. It's true though. Yeah, one of the cases yeah. that, that came to me was again a, a very big, big brother, physically in size. But his wife used to um, do different levels of abuse. So one's the physical abuse. So um, when she lost it, pots and pans, she was smashing into it. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's going there, and he's taking it. And what it is sometimes, you know, there's a persona. You're a big guy. You're strong, but big guys can be gentle people as well. You know, you like to. Of course, yeah. It's not the case just because you're big. You're actually you're, you're you're tough. There's some soft, soft. You know, know, people out there. And sometimes what's happened is even their own experiences in life has made them quite quiet, recluse, maybe a bit withdrawn. And then you've got another individual who's got a narcissist kind of uh, tendencies mm. and traits. And that's a recipe for disaster. And then there's emotional abuse that is used. There's blackmail. There's other things that have been used. And then that person becomes trapped. And like you said, society doesn't help because how does a man go out and say, I'm getting, I'm getting beat? Some... Also, also, some guys, I find it, I like to give names to theories I just make up. I call it the Smeagol theory. So some brothers will meet a girl and they'll be like, oh my God, this is the best looking girl I've ever seen in my life. And when I walk around the street, everyone's like, wow, how did you get that girl? And my friends and my colleagues see her, they're like, wow, because you're not the best looking fella, but she's like a supermodel. Smeagol and the ring, yeah? Mm. Because she's so 
you know, in pretty. S- pretty in society. Oh, everyone's looking at her like, oh my God, like, you know. How'd she you has that down? power. Yeah, I've had friends that walk down with girls and they're like, oh my God, how'd you get that? Look at you. Not in a bad way, but you know, you, you've... Yeah, you've you, you're it, yeah. punching, you've done well. So if she does do things to him, to violate him physically, mentally, he'll take it because he'll be like, oh my God, if I let this one go, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get this ever again. Spot on. Yeah, they're going to feel, oh, I'm never going to get that so again. So it doesn't have necessarily have to be domestic violence. It could be abuse. Yeah. It could be um, like, me- like mentally torturing the person. Isn't DV also classed as past those other areas of abuse as well, not just yeah, the physical? It is, it is. It's just the emotional yeah. and the financial and then the psychological and there's a, there's yeah, all, of that. all of that is within the spectrum yeah yeah so that, that's what it is all of that falls under underneath dv but the, the way i why i see it is the reason why people don't speak up and people are taking it is because um you know they just can't speak out you know like you know women you know you got this whole thing about battered woman syndrome you know they, they you know they got they got beaten up so much they get made to say it's your fault for making me angry and they get stuck in that loop where they de- there's dependency, there's so many other things. They keep on coming back, keep on coming back. You know? So they find it very hard to sometimes break out of that. But there's been so much work done over the years um, where they, then you had refuge start and all the other kind of safety. Yeah, a lot of refugees, you know, but it's for women yeah, mainly. So, 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 for women. so all yeah. of those things created it to make it easier or... You know, it's still not easy, but still meaning than before, it's easier for women now once they're going through that difficulty to be able to get some safe haven refuge away from this and find a means and support to get out of it. Unfortunately, nothing like that exists for a man. And on top of that, if a woman was to get beaten, she isn't frowned upon. In a society, looking at, they're going to say, okay, right, the sympathy towards her. But for a man... Straight away, you know, like you said, anybody, even when I was speaking to some brothers before about this, they're like, really? How can a man, you know, know, all the questions you said that pop into your head, they come in. So you can't really, uh, you know, where where does a man go? They start judging your character. They're like, so you go gym five times a week. I saw you did kickboxing for about three years. Is that what kind of man are you? You know, that kind of thing. The question is your man. Can we not see it? I, I, I will see it in a different angle. I'll say... What a patient, what a good man. Most people wouldn't see that. Like I genuinely would. I'll, I'll be like, wow. Like, I, I know sisters that are skits, like crazy, yeah? And what they do to their husband, uh, seriously, full on torture. Do you get it? To a point where it, these brothers can't even get out without their wives knowing that. Every step they take, even to a point, they'll call their friends to f- make sure, or well, you know, that I think relates to leverage and what you allow. Because okay. you remember, there's two things. Let's give you an example, yeah? Uh, what you allow. So today, I said to you, I don't know, let's just say you're in a marriage and your partner says to you, oh, call me when you, before you come home. You're like, why? I'm coming home anyway. Just do it. You did it. Second day, call me before you come home. Why? I did it yesterday. Just do it. After what a few times you're programmed, you're not gonna ask no more. You're just gonna do it because now you're programmed. It's like simple as when you see a dog get a treat to jump. You've been programmed, and it can happen to human beings too, you know. Uh, and you become programmed to take certain behaviors, and that's just what it is. And you know, when your friend or someone 
external of the situation, they'd be like, oh, how can you allow that? Well, it's been happening for years. Oh, it's just what it is. It's just how it is. You've been programmed now. And uh, you're not thinking it's weird. You're not thinking it's different. Your friend's looking at you like, oh, mate, really? Or the second issue you get a lot, this you get a lot of this, is leverage. Okay. Le- leverage, I'm going to tell you right now, is the biggest one. Because once a lot of my f- people I know of, let's just say they've, they've had children, that's it. The tide has turned. She's like, oh, we've had an argument. Um, I'm going to my mom's. And, you know, if you start kicking up a fuss saying, oh, no, no, you can't do that. You know, well, if you get separated, you ain't going to get to see the kids. And I know a lot of guys that, let's just say before marriage, or you'd, you'd think they're the most alpha male of all. Like, they're known in their groups, areas, everywhere for being the most alpha male guy. But he crumbles. And I don't understand why, because obviously I don't have children, but I know a lot of people, 90% of people I talk to, they're like, yeah, I'll fold. And I don't know how, but it's true. I read this article today about children. I I know we're diverting a bit. How, who are the most important people in your life? Did you read that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, that's so crazy. It's an interesting point because uh, it's, it's a psychologist, a psychiatrist, I can't remember. What did they say? Um, he was pointing out the point, which is, you, when you ask parents, uh, who's the most uh, important in, your, in the family? You know, a good mom and dad would say, oh, my children are the most important thing. Mm. And then he says, but is that really true? You know, um, Really, are they the most important? And he says, if you look at it, um, they've... You know, if you look at where they've come from, they've come from a marriage. Yeah, they've come from the importance was you and your relationship, you know, you know the mum and dad here. Mm. And a byproduct of that, of that marriage, of that relationship, of that uh, importance is the children. Yes. Yeah. And it's just basically talking about how because everything's flipped upside down, mm. we're creating entitled children. Yeah. Whereas before what happened was children knew that the most important people in the family are the parents. And so there was respect there. But the dynamics are flipped now because when you make the children the most important thing, you are the sunshine, you are the whatever it is. Yeah. And then what's happening, you're creating this entire children. I've got rights, I've got this, I've got wants. Yeah. You just need to provide for me. Whereas no, the other way around is actually, you know, he's, he's talking about parents are the most important in the family and the children aren't. But it doesn't mean they're neglecting them. But mm. it's about knowing the right place in the family. Yeah. So it's, it's a very interesting um, perspective. It also ties in with some bits about, you know, like, while you do give respect to children, and while you do kind of uh, look after them, all of those things, you know, the hadith and the ayah talk about the, the respect towards the parents and the honouring of the parents and all of those mm. things. So it is true, within the relationship, we look at it, who's the man of the house? It's, it's the dad. Mm. You know, suddenly when you make it, no, no, children are the most important thing, no. But then again, there's, there's always a legal pinch, so I wouldn't ever say, I am the most important thing in this family, but, but you know, it needs to be understood that there's a there's a... There's a hierarchy within the family. I think it, like, a lot of the times it's the dad until a certain point. A lot of the times it's the dad until Culturally the oldest son would then some start taking over the house and do you know what I mean? Like, Leading the way. Yeah, the well, that's See, previous uh, generations were like that, but now we're moving into these new generations where you've got kids who are millennials and things are flipped upside down. I think the generation before myself, I'd say like even my oldest brother or someone, I feel like they had it a lot harder in terms of growing up a lot younger, where I must have got away with it a lot more and got molly coddled to a certain age. They weren't. They didn't get that. Like, mm. grow up quick. Okay, now that we've kind of, uh, like, oh, uh, you know, the article that I I I I believe in. It, I've been believing in it for years. Like, why are kids so important to a point where 
they become masters. Mm. And I've always said, like, we need to go back to the how it was where the kids need to understand how important the parents are. And obviously the kids are important, but not where it comes to a point they become priority to everything. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying it wrong or right, but that's how I think. Uh, so I just want to, like, like, remind brothers or bring that topic up of, first thing first, can children be used as uh, blackmail? Does that cut fall under DV? Well, it's a byproduct of the DV, isn't it? Because here you're talking yeah. about... You couldn't it, prove it. Yeah. But it's used, it's leverage, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's leverage. You couldn't prove it. And then what happens is you, you if you do then go into the courts, it ties in with what I said right at the beginning. Mm. We've got parents coming forward saying, I've been alienating for my kids. And some fall in because of this reasoning. Others, obviously, this parental alienation comes about because of just a toxic marriage, a spiteful breakup. Do you know kids the strangest thing I find out about, about like this topic? How the victim protects the perpetrator. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'll give you an example. I've seen a situation once years ago where a guy was attacking his partner. And I was like, oh, that's wrong. And then somebody intervened. And they're like, oh, don't do that. That could be somebody's daughter or somebody's, you know, sister. Don't do that. And he's like, oh, he's giving it. And then the other guy starts, you know, giving it to him, you know, attacking him because obviously he's giving him the aggression that. And he's not succeeding in this situation. Obviously, he's beating a woman before. It's a big difference. But then the woman's immediately jumped on top of that the attacker. And he's like, oh, don't, don't, please, please. I've seen that. Yeah, a million times. Yeah. And then when the police is turned up, she said, oh, he's beating up my fella. So I'm like, what do you do in these circumstances? Do you even help people? I've seen that many times. What, like, what are you meant to do? Are you meant to help? Because you're programmed, like, psychologically, most people are to protect a woman in it. Like if you see in a getting a, mm. you know, if you're in a crowd and you see a woman getting beaten up by a guy, you think it's unfair. How can that happen? And let me intervene. But then afterwards, what if she turns and says, "You know what? It was you. You beat up my fella." The issue that you tend to get from that, when women flip it and uh, you know they like I said, or they support um, and they protect the, the the aggressor. Yeah. A lot of that's because again, we've gone back before. They're trapped. Um, they're always made to feel it's their fault. Because what happens, one of the classic things about you know, DV is, um, you know, the man gets angry, for example, in the, in the case, he gets angry, beats somebody, he goes, see, why'd you make me angry? You knew, if you make me angry, this is what's going to happen. So you the lady's made to feel, this. oh, it's my fault, man, why did I trigger you? Yeah. You know, and mm. so th they're always made to feel like it's their fault they triggered. Or, you know, you know, I told you I hate this food, or I told you, you know, you can't make this food like this, and... It's disgusting. You know, why'd you do that for? So again, it's her fault. She didn't cook the food right. She didn't do this right. She didn't do it. She didn't put the kids to bed. She didn't, whatever it may be, one thing after another, all of those things happen. And so women end up feeling trapped. And like I said, when kids are there, you're more trapped because why? Especially a lot of the times when DV comes in, you, you tend to find that the woman's isolated, like whether it's financially, she may never be working. So then she's really dependent on her husband. And then that's it, she's trapped. And so it's very, very difficult Sometimes that's why no happens is no they'll protect them, they'll protect them because, you know they're made to feel like no you need me you can't leverage, live without me. Leverage so changes people, because you start thinking different. Because it, let's just say you and me for instance, and you've lost your I don't know job, you have no income. I'm supporting you. I'm your friend. I'm gonna I'm gonna have an idea in my head. It's gonna cross my mind that you know this guy needs me, and even if I chat shit to him, he probably won't say nothing. 
I might not do it, but the thought would cross my mind. And I'm sure it'd probably cross yours too, if it was the vice versa. People can't help but think like that sometimes. Okay, so... Obviously, that's a narcissistic mindset. It is, it? but pe- yeah. it will run through everyone's mind. Acting on it is the narcissistic trait, I'd say. Acting on these kind of thoughts is obviously, yeah, I'm going to do it to you. But just thinking it sometimes, it's not. I wouldn't say it's narcissistic, but it crosses your mind. All thoughts cross people's mind. It's what they act on. It defines who they are. I disagree to an extent. I don't think all thoughts would cross. I think thoughts that cross the mind is based on a person's personality. You'd say like, yeah. even in any situation, a negative thought would never cross your mind. No, I'm not saying negative thoughts don't. Meaning that in life, there's so many thoughts you can have, isn't it? The spectrum is wide, yeah? yeah? So I w- couldn't say that every thought will ever go through everybody's mind. Most. Meaning, well, some some thoughts will go through something, but a lot of it is based on the person's character, their upbringing, yeah. how they are and how they perceive and they view world life. Um, so will a thought cross their you know, mind? So, for example, sometimes people can get the thoughts where, for example, let's talk about Islam. We talked we talk about it before with doubts. People have doubts about deen. Now, that can be more prominent in people who mm. have had a certain upbringing and less prominent in others or even non-existent because why? From young age, it's been very firm and strong. Yeah. So the thought actually never does... Qu- or if the question ever arises, boom, it's knocked out. Yeah. So it doesn't even enter. So that's why I would it's say that... I, I see what you mean, but yeah, I feel that not every thought would always go through his mind because a lot of it is to do with... Yeah, your, your upbringing. It's and your programming, you, yeah. how you so program. So yes, I can see that it can. That can be a thought that goes through your mind. Like I'm not saying with me and no, I'm going to abuse him because, you know, <laughs> I pay for him. Uh, I'm just saying in the, in the sense of... Um, I can see it happen. I can see it happen to people in relationships. She's lost her job. I'm paying for everything. Oh, you know what? She's doing my nothing. Is, is, you know, is, is this the case? Happen. Is it this the case where um, they are inca- un- uh, incompatible? People don't think about that, though. Let's just say, you know how he said earlier on, um, you made me do this. Yeah. And that's a personality trait of theirs. I don't know. They're outgoing too much. They're like wearing short skirts. Not a problem. That's their, what they want to do. But if you knew that at the beginning and now you've got with a person and instead of thinking, oh, you know what? We're not compatible. Let's leave it. Let's keep it moving. You're like, well, I'm going to beat this out of you. I'm going to change you. And that's all I need to do. I just need to change you. And if it involves going to that extreme, that's what it is. People are not sometimes ready to say, you know what? Bon voyage This ain't meant to be Okay okay L- Let's forget about Violence for a second Yeah mm. um, I, Where I want to take this is I want to Understand Brothers Suffering in silence Brothers um, Not Able to talk Solutions um, And Scenarios I, I think this is A very interesting topic I I genuinely think Brothers are um, going through madness in their lives, and they're just not able to talk about it. They're not. They don't understand. Or probably, like for me, for example, like I'm listening to all this stuff, and I'm like thinking, is this DV? I didn't know. This is normal stuff, man. Mm. To get it, mm. like this, you know, f- like uh, you know, someone might saying to you, oh, uh, you don't support me financially, or you're not a real man, and stuff like that. Like, and you know. These kind of things like really get to a guy, low esteem. Is that bullying? Um, so, like, how? D- first thing first, let's put this out to you guys, right? How do you identify something? Something is wrong. 
what do you do next? Do you speak out? Do you like try to solve it um, by biting the bullet? Or do you speak to the person or seek external help? And then, you know, when you say leverage and stuff like that, you fall into that trap. How do you get out of it? So let's start with identifying that you're in a DV situation. Um, you know what? I think that's a very tricky one because first you have to identify the brackets that you're in. Is it physical? Is it financial? And is it uh, mental? No, let, let's do mental. Let's say mental. Physically, physically is very obvious. Obvious. And then financial. Financial is obviously obvious. Do you get it? Like um, some, some brothers like... I, I usually tend to see sisters are more um, okay, okay would, financially. Would you, would you say financial? Um, again, I don't know what the parameters. I'm not speaking as somebody who knows or has any experience in terms of DV and its parameters and what is DV, what is not. But would DV fall, for example, where a woman is high maintenance? Example, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And so the man's not expected to work, do extra work and more work to maintain her lifestyle. Would that fall under. Yeah, you know, but so that's firstly that's only how long can you even maintain that, and secondly, again, did you know what you're getting yourself into? You know, was this person this way when you met them, or did afterwards they're like, you know what, I need Gucci shoes every day or something like that? I don't know. Like that's what it matters, isn't it? Because before and after is a big thing. Yeah. So okay, let's just imagine mm. that. Um, you didn't know, or you did know. I don't think it makes any difference. You're in that then situation. You can't maintain that situation for too long. So, uh, it, does that count as, like, as you know, your uh, for, does it fall under abuse? It falls under abuse if there's consequences to them terms and uh, negative consequences in ten terms of your your mental health. If they're saying, "Oh, if you don't do this, I'm gonna do this." Or if you don't do this, if they say, oh, if you don't do this, I'm going to leave you. I don't know if you can count that as domestic violence because they've asked to leave the situation because you can't provide what they want. Would you say I'm wrong? Oh, again, yeah, I don't know. Probably. It's just like, I really don't know. That's the thing. Th these bits are very, very tricky for me. The thing is identifying what is actually the issue. The way, I, the way I've always understood it is if you're in a situation in a marriage, where you're put in an uncomfortable situation, yeah, something which you know, uh, because usually when the marriage is, is is two individuals that's coming together, there will be give and take, but there's compromise and there's working together to come up with solutions, isn't it? Uh. Wherever, whenever it's a case where one side is always winning and another side is always losing, then I'll say these are red flags. They may not be necessarily DV, but it could be a road towards something. DV or something even worse, like you know, marriage breakdown, toxic. Okay. It should never be the case where there's always one side winning and another side is always I'd losing or compromising. I'd like to ask a question. What do you lot think? Yeah, if, let's just say you got married and your partner said, I don't really want you going out with your friends and I don't want you to go holiday with your friends. What would you categorize that as? Is that, Look, what is that? That, I would say the request is one thing, isn't it? Yeah. Then it means you're working out a solution. If you can't come to solutions... It's period. You don't want yeah. it. So then that's that's that's, what, that's that's a different story. The thing is, it should always be a marriage has to be we're coming to a compromise, working at a solution where it's a win-win. If you don't do that, and constantly it's always one side getting what they want, mm. the other side getting nothing, 
then that's not a marriage. That's, that, that shouldn't be, that, that, that can't exist. It's not going to work. Now, that is only a recipe to lead towards DV because I can't say that is or not. I, again, I don't know. Okay. All I can say is these are red flags. It's definitely a red flag, but um, <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, historically, and that's the best way we can move forward from this conversation, right? Historically, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was here at home all the time. Of course he was at home. Yeah. Was he with his companions? Did he make time for everyone? Was he able to see his companions yet make time for his family? Um, and, you know, I go back to that um, thing that I've been taught. When a baby cries, he looks for his mom for moral support or anything. When the wife or, you know, is going through some things, they usually look for husbands. In some cases, it might be the husband that's the problem, but usually it's the husband, right? For support in any other way. But when a man is uh, going through situations, he doesn't usually show his weakness towards his wife, but he talks to her, obviously. But he won't go like, oh, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. Mm -hmm. He just needs a companion. He needs his friends. And usually you will see men talking to their friends but not about the situation they're in, but some do. Uh, but just like have a laugh, have a have a little light conversation, and just move away from the scenario. Be become stressless, like the anxiety level going down and stuff like that. But I, I just think like nowadays, brothers don't understand that. Brothers speak about everything about to their wives. And you, people might out there might say, "What? Well, what's wrong with that? Certain things you just don't need to bring your wife into, like financial, like certain things, like or making. I don't know. Like I just, I just, I just think like you don't have to tell your wife everything. You know, some things that you're dealing with with your brothers, mm. for example, yeah, uh, or um, your mom says something to you, something private about the family." Like something historically that's happened or uh, family secrets. I don't think brothers should discuss that with their wives. I think that should be kept private. Yeah. But nowadays, everything gets told to their wives. Everything's on the table. Everything. And I usually see, I, I, I've, ha I've had cases where brother said to me, like, she uses that against me. I go, why did you tell her then? Why didn't you just keep that to yeah. yourself? And she blackmails. And it come to a point where when it came to separation, because you're not seeing the kids because, oh, your uh, family or so-and-so is like this. Domestic violence in the family. Do you get it? Like, it's crazy. Mm. And, man, like, I want to move on to another point later on, but that's this, just to clear this off, identifying, are we saying that it's, it's very hard? It's very broad. I'd say one more thing to add to this, and this is very very important and this happens to men a lot identify if your partner is trying to incite domestic violence or if your partner has mental health issues big difference identify it because if that's the case you need to get them help you know and soon as you realize that hang on she's got a bit of psych uh, psychotic behavior or something like that and even like how do you approach that then how do you tell how do you help your wife saying that, you know what, you might have some mental health issues there. Um, or some rookie issues. Well, mental health is... There's multiple ways of explaining it. Like, this is what I say to people. When you're born, 
don't know, you're a fresh hard drive. There's no information on this. And your parents put this information in you and you've hit adulthood and this is the information you're going to run with. This is your processing unit. I'm not saying your parents are bad, but certain people are not raised in the, in the best way. They've had difficult childhoods. Parents are not great at being parents. You're going to have issues and you need to go somewhere to resolve these issues. And your partner sometimes won't <laughs> be able to sort you out and other things won't be able to sort out. You need to go seek a professional. I think a lot of the questions you're asking, um, what would be the most beneficial is actually having somebody here who's um, actually in that field of domestic violence who can give that advice and guidance. And I think that's something we do need to bring in. Um, I'm just mindful because sometimes, you know, if we put labels to things or parameters to things and they're not wholly correct, that in itself can be dangerous. Yeah, 100%. Hence why, 100%, you know, you know yeah. I'd always say like, my my position is so always broad. Be, like it, it you can touch on, yeah. And that's what brings something. As I said, I always say that you know, generally speaking, in a relationship, to husband and wife, there shouldn't always be the case of one side winning, one side losing. Yeah. Now, now sometimes you come to a compromise. In the compromise, okay, fine, you can have your way. I don't mind. So somebody's maybe won, another one has lost, but it's done in an amicable way. Mm. But when there's a constant thing of somebody always winning, somebody losing. And there isn't a compromise, there isn't coming to a middle ground or where you can't actually discuss and come to a, a compromise because that's what it always is. It has to be. Mm. I say that in everything. I say even your relationship with the children, make it win-win. So what happens is you compromise in the sense that you still get your way of what you wanted. But your kid feels that like he's got to win. You'll always find they're more receptive towards that. Same thing with husband and wife. You know, as long as you come to a position, this with everything in business, in, in life... You never want to be in a position where you're going to a negotiation for some business transaction and one side feels like they're a loser. Yeah, you want to make it like, no, no, you've yeah. won. I've also won. Yeah, let's go. That's how you get to agreements. So they become really important. And if the case is you're always having to concede and you're always losing, then it's a red flag. And this is where you do need to get specialist support and help and, and, and reach out. Um, and there would are out there. There are you, some positions. Would you say what you just said um, where one side loses that that person is not seeing the relationship as one team and they're just seeing it as A and B? Yeah, it's just probably it is a case of my way or the highway. Mm. And when the person's always winning, that's a, this is where the narcissistic, narcissism mm. kicks in, which is that I always have to have it my way and it's not seen as a relationship. It's not seen as a, you know, because that's what it is. It's, mm. You're a team, isn't it? You have to f perform together, mm. work together. And then the worst part is in that, in that situation, that relationship, if now children start coming, mm. it's a recipe for disaster. So that's why it's always, I would say, if you're in those situations, if red flags come in, you need to reach out, you know. Um, and something we probably put in the description below, some some links to, uh, in, in the video, some links to other uh, kind of services and providers that do provide support in around DV. So if anybody is suffering, they can follow those links. But all means, I don't think any of us here are experts on DV, but it's just I've had training in it, but yeah. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Yeah, so it's just the case. Uh, you know, I'm very mindful because I always do that. Even when it comes to parenting, people start asking medical questions. Now, I can give you some insight of how I did things with my kids, but I would never do that mm. because you know, if you if you need medical advice, go to a medical practitioner. Yeah. Okay, I, I get what you're saying in yeah. terms of like solutions and advice. We really need expert opinions yeah. in this year. Yeah. I, I I was just opening it up to a point where. Like, like layman brothers like ourselves like to un actually um and like to identify at least to actually think like hang on do you know what enough's enough mm. i i'm gonna deal with it and when i say deal with it i mean 
like seek help mm. yeah whichever way or actually speak to someone and i i think that brothers just don't speak to anyone and mm. you know you see behind like you know I, i've noticed that we we uh, there we like group of us and then a brother's going through something and then he just picks on someone else and he just continuously picking on him and you're just thinking like okay and i observe this kind of stuff right and i'm not thinking later on i'm like are you right he goes yeah i'm cool i go are you sure deep dive you realize that hang on he just had an issue at home or whatever etc and you're like thinking and that's his, that was his escape route taking it out of someone else and then i realized that <laughs> uh other day i spoke to someone very badly very very badly um and i felt so bad i went home and i felt like, why did i speak to him so bad um and i go nothing triggered me i was just thinking like and hang on i spoke to him like this and he said nothing back to me and i felt so bad i was like thinking you know what yo i'm sorry man and he goes for for what for the way i spoke to you that's not right and he goes he goes to me are you okay and i go to him I was thinking, I was like, am I thinking about anything? Am I stressed out? Am I anxious about something? I wasn't. I just, it just, he just triggered me. Because like, he, he, something so simple to me seemed so complicated to him. And I just felt like, bro, what's wrong with you? Do you get it? Mm-hmm. And then I said to him, hang on, why did you take it? He goes, nah, I just thought you're probably going through something. And I just realized, I, I, afterwards I said to him, do you know what? It's because your wife treats you like that. Oh wow! I go, and that's why you took it, because you're you're so used to getting battered, like spoken rudely like this. How did he react to that? And he goes, "Yeah, you're right." But this ex-wife, sorry, ex-wife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He goes, "That's why you took it, because I know about his past relationship, and he used to get bullied a lot, even in front of me." I remember I had her saying something like you know oh you know teach your friend this blah 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 oh, wow. your friends like and I was like thinking don't talk to me about it is your husband you get me like why are you telling me I'm just the third what, person what do you do in that circumstance where she's emasculating him in front of you and then getting at you to see if you respond to her to see what he does nothing I don't know these are scenarios that I I can't the scenario you're in what did y- you do nothing yeah no no at, at that particular moment I made excuses for him okay. do you get it I I I defended him because I I just thought hang on why are you not defending yourself and then maybe he was like look maybe I don't want to like have an argument about with my wife in front of you yeah. but I was shocked I was absolutely like what boy you ain't talking to me like that do you get me <laughs> yeah. but then I thought hang on um let's not say something anything because they might have a problem afterwards she even said to him why you should be more like him another point another time she goes you should be like him and i said to him i would no that would kill me to be compared yeah. to some next man do you get it yeah. and i just said what do you mean he is 100 times better than me do you know what he this brother does do you know the manner of things that i even said like i said do you actually know what he does behind closed doors you know how highly he speaks of you yeah do you get it and she goes what and i was like thinking i said nah man you 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 just you don't know what you've got he's such a funny guy she goes he's boring i go he's boring he's one of the funniest guys in our group he goes but she he never shows it i go probably because you shut him up before he can even open his mouth you're probably like yeah, yeah i've heard it same jokes and that's the case usually do you get it because they just close him up close him 
You get it? Before they could even make something funny or do something funny, mm. they just shut him down. But, but obviously for me, it was like, that's because your wife treats you like that. That's why you just, you're so used to it. And he goes, yeah. I said, bro, man, like when you, like not grow, be a man or nothing like that. I just said to him, like, have confidence in yourself, man. Do you get it? Would you say he has fault in terms of just eating it up? He hundred percent, and that what? is that is what I'm getting getting at. Where what would you brothers advise? Not advice, but like in your in this scenario, what would you say? Like, is communication the key point here? You know, when you said it is it his fault, you know, um, would the same thing be said to a woman if she was in that position? No, no. you you you'll automatically feel like oh, she's vulnerable. But it takes two, innit? One has to give it, someone has to take it. It always takes two. Yeah, I know, but it's but you, weird, innit? We are so programmed. Yeah. Like, it's like, for example, when a man uh, sees so many different girls in his lifetime, mm. we're like, oh, what a G. And when a, a woman is with many men in her past or whatever, mm. and then we just say, oh, we call her names. Um, where I'm getting at, it's just like, it's just stuck in our head. That's the, that's the we can't, unprogram ourselves on that statement like we automatically think there is a theory about that though go on i should dip into it where um with a man it's looked at psychologically um he has to obtain the female he has to impress the female and he has in most situations i'm saying and he then earned the female where in the other situation is the woman doesn't really need to earn the male it's most circumstances wouldn't happen. So when they say, oh, a man is praised for it, they're more trying to say that he's praised because he can obtain all these females when he's in a social situation where the females are not forthcoming, but it's not the same the other way around. Just, you know, to give it context. Yeah, but I, I genuinely think that's wrong though, isn't it? It is wrong. Uh, we, we, we all it's agree wrong. to that, yeah. It's 100% wrong. But in the same way, like, uh, right when a woman gets beaten up, we're like, oh, who's this guy? Let's 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 expose him or let's hit him or whatever. But when a woman does it, like when a man is suffering because of this kind of stuff, we just brush it under the table. In in fact, we go calling names to that guy. Yeah, like mm. another issue that overarching issue that we're facing with all of these cases, whether it's male or female, whoever's the perpetrator of domestic violence, it's a uh, it's a manifestation of the issues that we've got in wider society. So you're talking about the the um, increase in the self, the mm. importance of me, the in individualism, that I'm entitled to everything. Um, you know, all of these kind of rhetoric that's around in society that's built and shaping individuals all around me, myself, and I. So then, when you go, now what's happening is it's actually causing people. Um, to have unstable uh, kind of marriages and relationship because there's two individuals coming together, or sometimes if that person's really dominant, you've got a dominant one and a more, you know, uh, a, a quieter person. So then it's a recipe for 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 abuse uh, uh, in that situation. I think that's true. At the same time, again, it goes back to what I mentioned about programming. I wouldn't be surprised if it's eighty or ninety percent of certain people that you know, perpetrate these kind of activities I've seen it in their childhood. Their parents have done it. 
or they've seen their father do it to their mother. And well, in the case it. of the the, the the guy who's the bully, he used to be bullied before, that kind of thing. Kind of thing, yeah. Or the one who's a... Because I've seen it hundreds of times. I've heard it hundreds of times. Oh, you know, my dad busted my mom. You know? Do you know what I mean? I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying these people will justify it in them terms. No, They're not seeing it as such a yeah. bad thing as you and me would see it. You know, it happens where, mm. you know, I, I know within parenting, I can say that what happens is it's learned behavior. And so we, by default, end up parenting the way uh, we were parented. So if we got licks and we give that out to yeah. our kids, you know. And you're desensitized. So, so all of those things happen. So in order to change that, you need to pause, reflect, change it up again, you know, and actually, you know, m- make sense of what happened in your childhood and not to repeat that. The same thing happens with, with marriages as well. It is true that, you know, if you're growing up in a, in a, a marriage... And that's why we say that there's such an important impact the role, for example, a father plays. Because I was just talking about the other day on TV, um, but the father, the, the role the father plays is really important, for example, towards a, towards a girl. She's the fir- he's the first male kind of figure in her life and the long-lasting one that she'll have. And she shapes her worldview of men based around that of her father. So if she 100%. sees that her father is an abusive person, and all men are abusive, and it f- and she starts following the path of getting into relationships and marriages abusive with men. abusive men. 100%. Yeah. So these are the, the trajectories that take place with with that. And same thing, boys grow up seeing ah, that's the woman's place, and that's how you treat the woman. 100%. And then he creates this. So that's why it's really important to break that cycle. And then how we are, it's sad. You know, um, a lot of people, especially when you talk about men perpetrating. Um, uh, kind of uh, domestic violence against women a lot of it's used uh, or even Islamic kind of reasonings used to say oh, it's perfectly fine to do so but again this is very flawed um, it, do you think well. this is the very r- that this is the very reason why I've seen it ma- mainly in fathers heavily invested in children in this generation so say that again because of what they've seen with their parents yeah. and the program they've used to custom to, right? And they want to make that change. Yes, 100%. And because they want to make that change, they realize that even Islamic Islamic influence they're having or may not have the Islamic influence, but, um, but and with this feminism on the rise, um, and it has, it has impact in every, everything that the guy does. Um, the guy is heavily involved in the child's development, and in order doing that, they make their children so important where they become masters. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, there's there's different extremes. One is where we talk about the father's absent, not not there, and obviously I advocate for violence to be involved, to be engaged in all of those things. But yes, you can go further and you get into a, something called enmeshed parenting where basically it's, it's, it's too intertangled up together. And this is where, like I said, the children become and treated almost like um, uh, best friends of the parents. And so this is where the dynamic changes. You are not the best friend of your child. Yeah? You want to have a good relationship with a child. The child is open, like how they would do with a friend. But the relationship is not that of a friend. And that's an important thing to happen. So it does happen when in those relationships, it goes into that, it becomes too indulgent, too enmeshed. And then what happens is, yes, you can create children who become entitled children, what we talk about today. That entitled children is where the child is at the master 
and is expecting that, and, is know. that when the boundaries are broken and i see on tv like you get these kids telling their parents to sharp and then in your own head you're like oh my god my dad or my mom would you know give me a few licks if i ever said that but these kids just say it full pellet yeah, that, that comes about yeah. as a product of this and of other issues as well which is basically they've just basically neglected the children as well yeah. So the two, two on the extreme side, which is one, you're too indulgent. The other one is due to neglect. You've raised a child who's like, you know, you know just sticking two fingers up at you kind of thing mm. um, towards the parents, because um, you've, you've created that environment. Um, How no do you find the perfect values. balance? The balance is that you know we talk about parenting styles, this parenting styles. So what you work towards is that of a authoritative parent which is the balance of you know love and uh, and warmth that you give to a child mm. at the same time that is counterbalanced with the the firmness now what happens in you know in parenting you've got parents w- what we've grown up with generally is our fathers especially tend to be um, uh, authoritarian which means that the warmth isn't there the love isn't expressed but the rules are there mm. yeah and so we are growing up you know getting beat making sure we follow the rules and mm. all of those things but what happens is that lump, uh, the warmth of love is missing, and that has an impact into adulthood. And you see a lot of kids who are going through emotional in, um, adults going through emotional instability, mm. uh, depression, and other things because of those things. And then the other side is where you show so much love, but you've got no firmness. So you become your best friend, no rules, no nothing. And then kids all can almost dictate that. And then you've got neglect, which is basically you don't do nothing. Don't do nothing. Yeah. But the one you're trying to hit the balance of is basically bringing those things together, which is important because you need to have boundaries. Children need boundaries, but that's with the warmth and love, not just. That's why I said you don't keep on exerting yourself because as your child grows up, remember the dynamics change. You as a parent, now, when you're raising your child, you have power and control, isn't it? You're the one who, who dictates everything. Your child is totally dependent on you. Mm. But as they're growing out, we have to adjust the, 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 the relationship, which means giving more space for growth, giving more space for autonomy, mm. and valuing their opinion without necessarily taking away the authority that you have. And as you start doing that, doing that. So imagine now, as a child, as a baby, you've got strict rules around your child and how they interact. And you maintain that same boundary when they go into their teens. It's not practical. You have to give that growth and space for them to develop. And that's why when you start having interaction with the children, especially as they get older into their, uh, in, you know, um, their tweens and then into their teens, this is where I talk about, you know, we need to have win-win situations. You know, when you have problems with the children, there's always a solution and you have to find that solution where it's a compromise, it's a win for him, it's a win for you. And that's how you start going forward and that builds a relationship. Mm. Yeah, And we, the way we look towards our children, especially when they come to the teens, should be that like an adult, any relationship, it has to be based on respect. Respect is a two-way um, thing. You know, you give respect, they'll give respect back. Yeah. And so it's a lot of those things that come together and that, that's, a, that's the balance. But it's important for you to get respect. You need to be around. You need to be present. Mm. And also stuff about how you live your life. You can't preach something and live a life completely different to it. Mm. Would, things, you know. Could you say that we could use that same principle on husbands or wives? Yes. It's the funniest thing in, in, in a lot of the parenting courses when I started talking about different strategies for children. Some of the fathers would turn around and say, well, that could work with my wife. 100%. I'm just yeah. thinking like... Don't tell her. <laughs> no, but th- I'm just thinking. <laughs> hang on, this can be like because as you go along your marriage, you know there's a honeymoon period, then you have kids, then you have another, then you think about house, 
you know, the roles have changed. Obviously, some people think about house before having kids. Mm. Some people think about all these other like cars and you know holidays and all these other priorities take place before even getting married. Nowadays, people think does this guy have a house? This is what the, the requirements have come to. But I, I'm just thinking here. Hang on, this whole thing can be used for marriages like, as you know, st- kids start going school. Um, you know. Your wife probably start want to work and stuff like that, and there's a balance. Like yes, believe it or not, and this is gonna be a shocking, um, this is gonna be a shocker to you guys, right? Uh, yesterday, I had a conversation with um, one of the volunteers, and um, we were saying like, I was saying like, why haven't you got married yet? You know, and she's like, situations, blah blah blah. And I don't want to get married no more. And stuff like that so i literally said um you should get married and not all men are same and whatnot blah 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 and the next shocker came here and i said um she said something along the lines of like my mom depends on me yeah and i literally said well islamically you have a duty right um and uh, even a duty to appoint to yourself you have a duty and then I said, look, like, why do you, what, you got brothers? He goes, yeah, I, 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 I totally believe that sisters look after their parents better than their brothers do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm 100%, 100% for that. Yeah, that. Uh, But I think that role has changed. I, I, I said the brother should make that a priority that he's looking after the parents. And I think the interference of sister-in-laws has a big problem like sister the, the guys sisters they should stop not not come around that often um I think and then that kind of triggered the sisters do you get it yeah and i was like thinking like look give them the space like you got your own home because but I, then I said like um i said to her like you should get married she goes now nah, my mom needs me i said you need yourself you don't need to see your mom every time she goes you can be married and still help you know help your mom of course of course and the next bit shocked me and i i know she said it she goes she said it as a joke afterwards when i was baffled she goes um you said you can't see your mom every day and she goes who are you to tell me who i can see or not see mm. i'll divorce you straight away if you said that and not, she's not saying it to me directly she's saying like if i got married yeah and they said that like well, i can't see my mom every day i said no they're not saying it but they're saying you should you don't need to see your mom every day. And she goes, nah, I divorced them. And I was shocked. I go, there you go. I deliberately said, you should, you're not allowed to see your mom every day. Or you shouldn't see your mom every day. I just wanted to see your reaction. Mm-hmm. And your reaction is the society today. And she was like, raw. It's a thing of individualism that I go back to. No one can dictate to me or say to me what I want. And that goes back to, you know what Allah mentions that, you know, have you not seen the one who has taken his nafs his self his desire as his god besides allah and that's what it is society promotes individualism it promotes that and because of that that's what's caused loneliness hence why you have a minister in the government for loneliness because there's too many people out there who haven't got people and that links in with when people are going through suffering abuse and stuff they've got no one you know it's it's a it's it's an endless cycle ah do you not feel sometimes the parent promotes it? Some parents like, oh, Dependency. don't worry, you don't need to get married. You can just stay at home and 
you know. Some some families I know actually benefiting from their kids. Mm. They think they'll be in poverty if their kids leave or get married. I, especially sisters. True. I actually know certain sisters that their family depends on, and even to a point, the father was hesitating getting his daughter married because he, he she pays for everything. And I know, okay, so I, I genuinely know this sister. Do you get it? Like where um, she was getting married to her brother, but the sister was so like heavily involved. And the guy who was, the proposal came through, uh, the guy goes, bro, what is this proposal, man? Like she pays for everything. And I said to her, like, it'd be me and her in the future. And she goes, oh, my parents will suffer. She goes, that's not my problem. And she goes, because of that, I almost, I don't want to marry her. And I, I, I go, uh, that's going to be a problem for her with anyone. No? Does she have other siblings? She has other siblings, but she's the highest earner and she pays for everything. Um, it's and, always been like that. Who would you put that down to the structure that was created in parents? 100%. Narcissist parents. 100%. Like, um, anyway. Uh, um, I know we've gone around the block quite a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, but it, is, yeah, sorry, it, is, it yeah. is crazy. It is crazy. But I don't think, I think we stuck to... Uh, the same genre yeah. anyway and no no i think like i said um it's it's society is having a massive impact in shaping you talk about programming you know it's shaping how people are being raised the thought processes and all of those kind of things and that is perpetuating the other issues that we're seeing now so all the other things are just symptoms the symptoms of the illness in itself um and it just keeps on happening more and more and more and that's why we look at it. If you go back, we need to go back. Watch. We need to look back at. Think, okay, what you know? What is our dean? You know, are we do we truly? You know, there was in a class earlier today, but it was that same point, which is in the society we live in. Mm. What, are, what are the beliefs? What are, what are the cultures? What are the um, um, the traditions? What are the um, symbols? What are all of those things of our society? And if you look at it now, it's all about the individualism. Watch. Yeah, which then links to stuff like commercialism. You know commercialization and entertainment it's all about the self me 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 watch, watch what happens in 20 years because you and me might come from the era of the green light phone you could probably just get a picture of a butterfly but now people are ingesting probably i don't know 500 images a day just on their phone watch in 20 years you know um uh, one last thing that i i wanted to add to that conversation about uh, the sister saying, I'll divorce you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, straight away, he, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, this is the society we live in today. For you guys, it's so seriously, it's so easy just to not work on things and not have the uh, backbone and always running away. Or, you know, go to the extreme point. Do you get it? Before you could even meddle with the little, little like workarounds. Negotiation. Yeah, you just go right to the thing. Uh, but you know what the funny thing is? Uh, divorce it but you know you, you can't escape if if, the, if, it, if it's tick for tack man's got the upper hand here right Islamically like I don't say it's upper hand but there is a reason why we uh, men was given that right but that's where the tick, tack, uh, tick for tack comes in and all that stuff yeah and then um, I, I explained it I said you know what we need to bring some of our culture back and and I, it moved it moved to the conversation of living alone and all that stuff, and it got really toxic. And I said, you know what? No man should live by himself with his wife, yeah, until he knows, yeah, that this woman is actually a woman, 
And she goes, what do you mean by that? And I go to him like, well, if, for example, you're living with your in-laws and this girl's in her mom's 24 hours, you think it's going to get any better when she lives on her own? No, no it's just going to get worse. And in fact, it's going to be like you're coming home and you're, you won't find her at home at all. You'll be like, where are you? What are you doing? And this and that. And, you know, it, it leads to a lot of other things. This is where problem starts. And then, and I said, look, let's, we need to bring our tradition back. Our tradition was when our moms or sisters were, uh, you know, were to go to their mom's house, they had to seek permission. And they're like, well, bruv, we're in the 21st century. What are you on about? I go to my, my mom's house. I go, that's the problem. You lot go to your mom's house whenever you like. And she goes, but the problem to that is you never make your home home. And by the time you do, you've got about three, four kids and it's so late. What, what's the balance? Because like, I wouldn't want to tell my partner or wife, oh, you can't go to your mom. I'd feel a bit bad. You yeah, exactly. I mean? That's the mentality that every brother has now. Even yeah. myself. I can't say no to my wife going to See her, her mum's. Mom, yeah. And I, I, I would never say no. Does it make sense? Yeah. But the fact is, like, this society, unfortunately, um, the sisters are finding their in-laws or their own homes, they're failing to call it home. Mm. Do you get it? And that's where it leads to problems where, like, most of the boys that come out, I ask them, where are, where, where, you know, you know, you're at this and that. He goes, yeah, man, she's going to her mum's. And then, you know what? Every time you see them, you're like, oh, she's at her mum, she's at her mum, she's at her mum. I'm thinking, is she ever at home? I saw you live in your own. He goes, yeah, bro. I prefer her going, then I can come out. That's, you know what I mean? And Yeah, yeah there's just signs that things aren't obviously okay if you guys say, that's good that she's over there so I can come out. That means there's obviously issues that, that's already there in itself. Um, and even when, when you said about asking to go and see the mums and all of those things, like I said, it needs to, you know, you have to come to, it's always, it goes back to marriages, coming to a middle ground, coming to an understanding, an agreement that works for all. And it doesn't deprive somebody of something. But it's realistic and pragmatic. And that's the, that's the key part. I think that's what's missing. Yeah, Nuribai, I, I just wanted to add why I said bringing that back. Because it would make sense. Because when I explained it to the, uh, the, to the group afterwards, they're like, oh, you know what? You, it does make sense. Because, uh, look, uh, you know when Bengali, Bengalis get married, yeah, they go, Firanayor. You go there after you stay at you, the woman stays at her, um, her husband's house for two days and then she goes back to her mom's house for two days and then she comes back. And then after two weeks, she goes to her mom's house for two weeks and then she comes back. Oh, is, that, eh? is that how it is? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like this is how traditionally we yeah. do it. Yeah. And then when she wants to go uh, back to her mom's night or whatever, other like, you know, the mom requests. Because you're, technically you're giving your daughter away already to the husband. Um, and then, like, you know, she asks, requests, oh, can she come now or whatever, etc. Um, and w w what that does, yeah, it shows respect to the husband. And the husband never shouldn't really say no. no. Do you get it? And, but the, th the main thing that has come out of it is the guy, sorry, the girl makes that home her home. Because she's been there long enough. She's making an impact. She's not always at her mom's where she has influence and power. And when she's at her husband's house, slowly, slowly, more and more, she'd start making um, impact in that house. Yes. 
and slowly, slowly, by the time you know it, she only goes to her mom's house once a month, not to see her, but you know, to stay, uh, go, uh, uh, you know. But then it might be like once in a blue moon or mm. summer holidays. Mm. Then it becomes a routine. The benefit for that is if the man, so if there's a brother in that house, he gets married, his wife has that space when the sister is not going. And their sister, so that sister will look after that parents or whatever, or look after the brother. Do you get it? It's like a cycle that we should get into that would solve a lot of this like madness, you know, where, you know, the house is congested or bare people come around and stay as they wish and stuff like that. And they were like, okay, now it actually makes sense. It's, you know, people say, I want space. Then your wife, your wife, if everyone's wife stayed and made their home home and go every so often, then everyone's got a home. Does mm. that make sense? Mm. Does that make sense? I didn't get any of it, but yeah, that's fine. You didn't get it? That's, fine. It. Uh, that's fine. You got it? Yeah. Maybe because you're in a situation, like you understand you've got sisters coming up. Because you yeah. live on your own in, in, uh, and your mum, obviously, like, but your sisters and your brothers come every so often, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just think like, um, like I, I know certain brothers who live with their parents. The sisters are always around. The wife says yeah. like, I want to move out because I could never make this my house. No, earlier on, you mentioned that point about where the guy would say his wife's at Nara and that's why you'd only see him out yeah. with the boys, yeah? Do you think that he enjoys her being at her mother's and he enjoys seeing the boys so much that it's a treat and when his wife does return back, he feels like he's going back to school? Mm. It's something to think about. It is. I think that's, uh, again, goes back to signs of issues within the marriage that need to be resolved because obviously they're there. When you talked about solutions, going back and stuff, like I said, um, you know, I think you know. We sometimes get a bit nostalgic, thinking, "Oh, things were good back before, and if we did these things before, it'd be all okay." But I think we sometimes miss the fact that there's a lot of damage being done with the way things are now. Society is so different than it was before. So going back to some of the old traditions cultural traditions won't necessarily work you know it's the same excuse when somebody says oh I grew up uh, you know I, I was treated like this by my dad and stuff and now it turned out fine so I'm going to do the same thing with my kid I say that doesn't work you're in a completely different generation in a different time fair enough and so you know mm. you, have to fair enough. Of, you have to be adaptive isn't it so, yeah so while there may be some benefits and pros to what you're saying um, as a whole I don't think it's the solution but there may be benefits that come out from what you know what, what you're saying so you have to kind of be adaptive. and that, That's why I look at it. And I say, so many issues we've talked about before where they talk about social media having a massive impact. We've talked about the, the societal issues that's having a massive impact, influences and other things. All of those things, are, they're mixed up. Like I said, this society is just in a total mess. And unless you get a grip on it, and that's what happens, that if you are conscious as an individual and you're getting a grip on it, you could have to look at it, you know, okay, we're talking about here, a husband and a wife. What about the kids, the next generation that's coming up? Because it's going to be, like you said, 20 years, what's the situation going to be? You know, when the kids Lord grow knows, up, yeah. the world's going to be upside down. You know, society, if it keeps on going down this trend, the way it is, be with unless... Their mom and Mars. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get a grip on it. And so, as I said, there's a lot of things that do need to get tackled. And it goes, you know, it goes back to 
our individual mindsets. Like we can change. You know, we've been programmed in a certain way, but we can change. And it's important we do do that. And all of these things are taught within our deen anyway. You look at the examples of how the Prophet ﷺ was and how, he, how the companions were in terms of dealing with their marriages and their issues and their disputes. And they're looking at how they then, again, raised their children and how they made time for everything. These are the examples. We need to, that's when we say going back to it. We follow those examples adapted to our modern times. Yeah. Mm. But that becomes well, an important thing um, that we look at. The thing that annoys me about that, and maybe it's just me that gets annoyed about it, there's too many levels now. The spectrum is too big. Where before it's yes and no, then it's yes and no, maybe, then it's yes, no, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. There's just so many levels to the spectrum of every subject we spoke about today, where in a simpler time, the options are much fewer and are much less. Do you find that? The more options you have, yes, it causes a massive impact. You know, having less options, you can only say you know, it's only one, one or, or the, the other. other. You know, I and, suppose and it's not that. Simple but when you get too too many options, you know, you talk about it now. You know, people are we're spoiled for choice in everything. You talk about the society we're living in; it's all about consumerism, consumer, consumerism. Mm. Get the word out. Um, it's spoiled for choice, isn't it? Like you want to buy a phone, it's everything. What yeah. are you going to need? Well, you want an you iPhone? Know, you want you know, a Samsung? Exactly, you know, you want a disc. I was talking about it to the kids the other day. It's like you know, you look at you know marketing and stuff. It's designed in such a way when a new product comes out, they sell it in such a way that you, this is a product that you've never had, you've never needed before in your life. But they're going to sell it to you saying, this is the product you need in your life. And if you don't have it, you're missing out. And that's how you it's know, done. I, feel, I find to myself, the more options you have and the less it entertains you now, where let's just say when I passed my drive and I had a, a Renault Clio, it's called the Extreme 2, had red seats, just letting you know, it's quite sporty. 1.2, fast as hell. And I loved it because it was the first car I had. I felt amazing. And now at this age where I've got option of buying a Merc or BM or Audi, which I've had all all the types, what, about 30 days, 60 days, I'm like, oh, you know what, I don't feel this no more. I think I should get a Merc. Get the Merc. You know what I mean? You're yeah. not satisfied for too long. It is having impact. That has an impact on the kids and the generation mm. you're looking at. Too much choice. You know, like I said, everything now, remember, the way thinking is everything's on demand. Going back, if you're growing up, just say, if you had a TV, you had terrestrial TV, which had four channels. I remember that. You know, you remember that? And channel uh, 5 was a big hype. Yeah, I remember when Channel 5 <laughs> launched. It was a well. big hype. Yeah. So, you know, you go back and now everything's on demand. You don't even need TV. Yeah. Everything's clicking the button, I need to watch, and you binge watch. Yeah. We got I cable. don't remember the last time I've watched uh, BBC to Channel 5. No, I don't watch Because it. literally... Don't you watch much of the day? Uh, yeah, uh, BBC iPlayer. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's online. Do you get it? It's it's come to a stage where um I I, I <laughs> everything the choices are crazy. Mm. Do you get it? But uh, that, that I think that's related to marriages and uh people's situations and because we have too much So that's what I say, too much options. Yeah, it's the society yeah. and sometimes we need to we have to pause, reflect and be willing to be different. You know, I keep on telling my kids, you know, it's one thing I hate. I said, we, you know, generally people, you know, Allah, you have the masses, which you can refer to as sheep, meaning that they follow the tide. They go wherever the masses are going. Yeah. What we need to be is we should, and I want to grow my children, and I always talk about it, it's like, don't be sheep. You need to be leaders. You need to be innovators in that sense. You need to be paving the way forward, coming up with ideas. Don't be, be different. So that's okay, why. Okay, Nuribai. It's easy for you to say that. 
what if someone like you know you i believe in it i don't know why don't ask me but growing up someone said to me you're either born a leader or you're born to follow i don't know what's you 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 find yeah you you could possibly change but i remember someone saying it and a very successful person said it to me and just said to me you're either born to lead or born to follow and uh, you can learn to become a leader over time yes. but not everyone can do that you're talking uh, about natural dispositions that's what you're talking about okay. people have natural disposition so naturally somebody when you talk about you know when you talk about intro- introverts and extroverts yes. and those kind of things yeah. your natural disposition is is something but you can change for me i'm always very very much when i growing up a quiet a reserved person i'm still am but over time you culture yourself you develop yourself to be able to speak to be able to come forward to be able to you know uh, you know can be more extrovert than yeah. you are but my natural it's disposition right. is yeah. there so you same thing you can naturally be somebody who is more comfortable in following somebody naturally and you see it with the children i see it. i know which one of my kids are leaders and i know which ones in, in school boom they're leaders yeah and i know the ones that are just generally a bit more quieter you know they will follow but that's that, that can be a disposition a natural disposition your comfortable state but as you're growing and raising everybody and every individual they can change they can develop and they can grow and it becomes really important that we do look at that because the reason why I talk about not being sheep is because I'm trying to raise my children in a different way yeah like for example box. like we talk about phones like I said I say it all the time you know they got you know all the kids you know you talk about we talked about it before I know we're going long <laughs> but you know with you know the smartphones yeah, we talked about that yeah, my kids don't have it yeah, give the them older, a 33310. Yeah. I do. They got, <laughs> yeah, they got, yeah, my kids, that's, that's what they've got. Yeah, so the older three who are yeah. at, at, in, in, in the teens and secondary school, that's what that's what they have. 33310. Yeah. yeah, they could probably give yeah. it to their kids who lost yeah. that long. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the reason why they have that is because, as I said, and I wouldn't have given them that phone. Only the reason why they have it is because this school is down here and I live on IOD, and so you know, the, the journey mm. time is things. So you know, if they're coming home, it's about 45 minutes on public transport. So, you know, this is the reason why for safety reasons and communication. Yeah, 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 but naturally, that. they're in a position where everybody has a phone. Everybody has a smartphone. Oh, no, speak, yeah? All of them. Yeah. So, obviously, they're going to feel out of place all the time. So, I, we talk about it regularly, constantly, which is that, look, when we, we deconstruct it. Why does a child need a phone? Why? What do they do on their phone? And when you break it down, they don't need a phone. What, do they, what are they going to do? They're going to do social media. Yeah? They'll take some pictures and they'll chat with some of their friends who might be on the thing. But you wait, is this a necessity? Is it a necessity? Is it something? No. If you look at an adult, adults, for example, we have a phone. There's elements of necessity, isn't it? Because mm. of work, because of some other elements you will have. And then the rest of it is all pleasure yeah. and entertainment. Yeah? For kids, they have zero necessity. Unless, like I said, in the situation where, okay, we need to call them. So if they need a phone now to go around go to the school and back for that, that purpose then you get them a dumb phone you know that would that that suffices it does the job that's required do they need a smartphone no so it takes a lot of reinforcement because obviously children are impacted by society around them and by the trends i said look we're not, we're not sheep we're not going to follow everybody just because they got a phone why am i going to get a phone for that we're not going to just follow people just because they do this or just because they wear that just because they behave like this or these are the trends no we're going to be different and so yes in that sense you know, it's really important because that's what Islam was. Islam is something strange. It came as something strange, you will leave as something strange. You know, the Prophet mentioned the hadith about the ghuraba. You know, it came as something strange, you will leave as something strange, so give glad tidings to the strangers. Islam is not designed to go with the flow. It's got its path. 
irrespective of where, which way society is going. We follow that path. And so those things need to be ingrained. And that's what's happening in society. There's consumerism. There's all of those things. There are all of these other paths. Yeah, And th that's what's causing all of these problems. Once we return back, you see the solutions there. Alhamdulillah. And that's, that's the key thing. Uh, a lot of it is uh, just I've tapping back to the middle. I just always feel like everything is very short-lived these days. Everything. Mm. Do you know, I have this feeling, I remember years ago I was a kid and my oldest brother worked in Tempo. I don't know if you know what Tempo is. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. But um, <laughs> we had like, I don't know, these TVs before and he bought a Sony Trinitron Vega, whatever the hell it was called. It had a big back, but it was the best TV that ever came out. And I remember sitting in the passageway while he's fixing it to put it up. And I was just excited beyond belief that, oh my God, we're getting this TV, this bad boy TV. No one's got this. You know, people don't, people don't have this. And I enjoyed it watching it. I enjoyed having it. I enjoyed even telling my mates, oh, check, check this TV out, man. 32 inch. Do you know what I mean? But now, you can get a 75 inch. I'll look at it for 30 seconds. Like, oh, okay, that's nice. It's, it's, it's that short now. That's your happiness. It's mm. that big. It could have been like that, but now it's that. Hit, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of discussions today. Mm. Um, we're hitting a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's close you off here. Yeah. Uh, I'm just conscious that it's. And uh, Tarek, you've I think you've had your face covered through it though. That's it. No face. <laughs> no case. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Now, Alhamdulillah. Um, I I'll let you close up, Nuri Bay. I no, think. No, um, I think it's a, it's been an important discussion and. Just tapping back into, I'd like to just obviously mention those who are suffering um, from domestic violence or feel that they may be. Inshallah, in the description, the links will be there to some support services that you can tap into, inshallah. Um, and it's really important that you do seek out. And I think the important part of it is, is if you are worried or concerned to reach out, it is something very difficult. And those men who are going through it, it took a lot of bravery and confidence for them to actually be re to reach out to me when, when that did happen. Um, unfortunately, I guess, again, I'm not in the position to provide that support and I just signpost elsewhere. But it is something which we do need to raise more awareness about, talk about, and to provide that kind of support because there's a lot of people who are suffering in silence. Um, so that's an important thing there. Um, but with that, inshallah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up today's session. Um, please, again, once again, do subscribe, do like, share, drop your comments as well. And don't forget, please do subscribe to our Patreon. It will enable us to continue to make content. And um, if you're interested in coming to our show and just bombing it a bit like our brother Tarek yeah. did, then, you know, drop a comment down. We might just uh, call you in and hear you out as well, inshallah. Um, so, yeah, with that, uh, we'll conclude. Jazakallah um, khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Do 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 do